Good evening, New Beginnings family, and Merry Christmas. Why don't we rise as we worship today? Come on, a child is born to us, unto us. Come on, let's sing. church um we want to welcome you to his house and uh, we say welcome welcome tonight's candlelight service and uh, my name is pastor mike and we say welcome in and we welcome his holy spirit and his presence in this place amen heavenly father let's just uh, bow our heads church tonight we say lord we welcome your spirit and your presence in this place tonight lord Lord, tonight as we commemorate, Lord, and we come to celebrate, rather, Lord, more than anything else, Lord, together as one family, Lord, the birth of our King, Heavenly Father. 
So we thank you, Lord, for the ability to be together. Lord, let us be here, Lord. And we, we take away all distractions, Lord, away from uh, anything that is taking us away, Lord, from being in this moment with you, Lord. And let us just be here with you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's uh, sing this song together, church. Light of the world. Come on, let's do it. Heart longs for a little bit of hope. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Child prays for peace on earth, and she's calling out from the sea of hurt. Oh, come, oh,
Good evening, church. You may be seated. Tonight, we will be lighting the Christ candle. In the Old Testament, Isaiah 9, 2 through 7 says, The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who live in a, a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. We have multiplied nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exalt when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day. And all of the boots of the trampling warriors and all garments rolled in the blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For, the, for a child has been born to us, a child given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he shall be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. this time if Brother David would come to lead us in prayer. Merry Christmas, everyone. Let's come to the Lord in prayer, shall we? If everyone would just take a deep breath in with me, come on, and let it out. Spirit of God, we just welcome you into this moment, Lord. We're grateful because we're all gathered here on Christmas Eve, excited to celebrate your birth, excited to celebrate the things that you're doing in our lives, in our hearts, Lord. And so I just pray for each and every single person here, whether they're in person, watching online, God, I pray that we... For this moment, for this hour, we set aside the thoughts of the tamales. We set aside of the thoughts of the gifts of all the places we got to go. But, Lord, I pray the focus be on you in this moment. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. Church, uh, would you help me welcome our senior pastor, Richard Mansfield, to the stage this, this evening. God bless you guys. Thank you, Brother David. Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, Donka Shane. I don't know what that means. I think it means, 
I think it means thank you. <laughs> but, uh, but I figured I'd throw a little German in there for whoever needed it. Guys, um, what a glorious week we have had. Actually, a, a glorious two weeks. This congregation is amazing. You've been giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. Uh, we gave out 16,500 pounds of food to over 300 families. 20 of those families live in Clagato, Arizona on the Navajo Reservation at a Church of God mission there. And we sent 20 boxes over there. We gave out 105 Christmas food baskets to feed six people with a ham and chicken and all the kind of fixings. We did Angel Tree once again, and Pastor Chris and sister Pastor Sonia of Unders Construction lead that, and we're the suppliers, and we gave out 450 gifts to children that their mom or dad are incarcerated. At God's Warehouse with Pastor Chuck, we gave out 993 gifts to children that are either homeless or just impoverished, impoverished children in that neighborhood. We've been pouring out a lot, a lot of love. We've been doing a lot of great things. And all in the name of the Lord. Giving a gift of love. And that's what I want to talk about tonight is the gift that keeps giving. That gift that pours out. We were talking about Christmas. And Christmas is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. In John 3.16, the word of God says, for this is how God loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's his gift to us. God wrapped up in flesh so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And when you go to Romans chapter 8, verse 32, it says, since he did not even spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? You see, all of God's gifts are wrapped up in Jesus. And Jesus just keeps pouring out and pouring out. I don't know if you've ever seen those little uh, Russian dolls that, it's, it's a doll and you open it, there's another one inside, you open it, there's another one inside, you open it, there's another one inside, you open it, there's another one inside. It just keeps gift after gift after gift after gift after gift. And that is exactly what Jesus is. God gives us Jesus and then there's another gift inside and another gift inside and he keeps pouring himself out to us. And that's what I want to talk about. What happens when you accept God's gift, Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. So God Minister to us. Speak to us in these few minutes, Lord. Whether we're in this sanctuary or watching online, whether we're across the street or across the world, I pray that you pour yourself out to us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. For those that are watching online, Merry Christmas. For those of you in another country, Merry Christmas. We've been having people from Argentina, from Brazil. We've been having Indonesia. We've been having people from Ireland. We've been having people from China watching online. We love you. God bless you from wherever you're watching. But let me tell you, Jesus keeps giving. When you accept him as your savior, do you know that first of all, God gives us a new identity. I don't 
don't know about you, sometimes we don't have the greatest identity. We've been known as the mess up. Hey, mess up, get over here. Hey, you mess up, get over here. Some of you were called grifos, meaning potheads. Remember back in the 70s, hey, pothead. And that name stuck with you to this day. Hey, pothead. If you've done time in, in jail or in prison, hey, convict. If you're a gossiper or were a gossiper, you're still known as, hey, the gossiper's here. Hey, the thief is here. Hey, the this, the that, the that, the this, the cheater, the the liar, the one that's always doing stuff. You're labeled, and sometimes it seems like we can't get rid of that label. And even when you come to Christ, people still look at you with those lenses of label on your life. But let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, he says, this means that everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, a new creation, a new creature. He says the old life is what? It's what? Yeah, it's gone, baby. That's what I was, but I no longer am. He says a new life has begun. God gives you a new identity. He calls you child of the king. He calls you his son or daughter. He calls you the redeemed of the Lord. He calls you the first and not the last. He calls you the head and not the tail. He calls you the royal priesthood. He calls you a holy nation. He calls you a peculiar people. He calls you these things because he has set you apart to be a difference in this lost and dying world that so desperately needs Jesus. That's why we're healing and restoring life through the love of Jesus. It's his love that pours through us and flows through us. And this is how it's so important when you come to believe in him. In the book of John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, it says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him. These are those that believed in him. He says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. So he says, you got to remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth because the truth will set you free. If you're still all wrapped up in your sin and you're still all wrapped up in your mess up and you're still all wrapped up, you haven't been set free. You need to ask God, God, come into me and set me free. Do what only you can do because I can't seem to do it. I need to be transformed. That's why it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, don't copy the behavior of the world. He goes in the customs of this world, but let God transform you. We need to be transformed. We need to be made new. We need to be made whole. We need to have a new identity. We need to be able to walk in the light of the world. We need to walk as his sons and daughters. We need to walk as his children children of the king, that we literally have a signet ring that has been stamped into us, and we carry the brand of Jesus Christ on our heart. That's what we need to do. He says, "You so let God transform you into a new person, and then look what he says, by changing the way you think, because we all have stinking thinking. You've heard me say that a lot of times, but isn't it the truth? Don't we think really dumb things? And sometimes, have you ever found out that the things that you thought were weren't even like that at all? And you were all stressed out and thinking, oh, I can't believe this and that, and they're saying this and they're saying that, and they're doing this or they're doing that. And then all of a sudden you find out, oh, they weren't doing it at all. (laughs) What a fool I am. Because my thinking was out of control. My thinking wasn't guided and directed by God. And then your thinking gets you in trouble. 
That's why he says, he goes on to say, he goes by changing the way you think. And then he says, then you will learn. Then you will learn. When he changes the way you think, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Because some of you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And he says, then you will learn how God's, uh, for, uh, to know that you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, once he changes the way you think, you're going to learn God's will for your life because prior to that, you're constantly chasing your own tail, going in circles because you really don't even know why you were put here on earth. And we were put here on earth to worship and love God, to fall in love with him and to be our present to him so he could be in our presence. And it's so important that we do that. So he gives us a new identity. You know what he also gives us is a new ability. God changes the way we do things. You might have been known as the guy that always messed everything up, the girl that always messed everything up. Oh, here comes the mess up. Here comes the mess up. There goes the party. There goes the gathering. There goes this. There goes that. Some of you are going to have dinner tonight or tomorrow. They hope they don't show up. Are you with me? But you have a new ability to be a blessing and not a curse to walk in the room and brighten it up because you walked in, not brighten it up because you finally left. (laughs) You see, he gives you an ability to do things completely different, an ability to change the, the whole trajectory of your life, that you're doing things in a manner that you're bringing glory to God and no longer to yourself. People do things so many times so that we look good. Oh, did you see what I did? Look at what I did. I did my good deed for the day, God. Did you see that? And it's like, it's not about scoring points with God. We're doing our good deeds of the day because we're doing it as under what? The Lord. So we're just serving. We're, we become servants of God. We don't always like being servants because if we become a servant, then we think people are going to take advantage of me. You see that in the Last Supper, Jesus had told James and John, I mean, Peter and John, go prepare the room. You're going to enter the city and ask about the room that the Lord has already prepared, and it was the upper room. And they went to the upper room, and they were going to have the Last Supper, and he goes, go prepare the Passover meal there. And he had, they had got everything ready, and they had a water basin and a wash and a towel, and they had the wash basin and the water because back in those days, whoever the host was had a servant that would wash your feet when you came in the house because you walked in sandals all day long and your feet were dirty. You had dirt and toe jam and all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? And you would, they they didn't have the table and chairs like we see the Last Supper painted by Da Vinci. They had a table that was almost like a coffee table and a bunch of pillows, a beanbags type thing around it. And you would kind of lay down and lean into it so two of you would almost be shoulder to shoulder and your feet would be over this way and they were going to be kind of in the next person's face. So that's why they washed your feet. And so you could hear Peter or John saying, hey, here's a wash basin. Man, I better get ready to wash the Lord's feet. And you could almost hear him say it out loud. Oh, man, I'm not going to get down to wash the Lord's feet because if I get down to wash the Lord's feet, which he is worthy to have his feet washed, but then all the other 11 are going to line up and I'm not going to wash their feet. Who do they think they are? They're not any better than me. And so next thing you know, we start positioning ourselves and God says, don't you understand? We're supposed to be servants. And in Romans chapter five, 
Verse 5, he says, and this, and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. And he loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So you automatically want to love, you want to serve, you have an ability now to do things completely different. That's why in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Not what pleases you or pleases someone else. But you end up doing, you have a new ability. You're doing it now as under the Lord. You're going, I just love serving. Sometimes they don't even recognize me serving. Sometimes they give a pat on the back to somebody else. I don't get the pat on the back. What about me? It's like I did something. But guess what? God has given you the pat on the back. He's saying, I see you, my daughter. I see you, my son. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I take note of everything. So if, you do, if you're doing it to impress other people, sometimes you might impress them and sometimes they might go, eh. Sometimes they don't even say thank you. Have you noticed that? You ever done something for somebody they don't even say thank you? Sometimes they almost say like a kid will say. A lot of your kids are going to open up gifts. And when it's all said and done, they're going to say, is that all? They're like, is that all? <laughs> They're going to be looking up the chimney. Anything else up there that he left behind? Hear me. God is saying to us what we read in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but he's given, a spirit, he's given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline. Not only does he give us a new identity and a new ability, but he gives us a new community. God gives us a new community. That's us, the church. Before we used to hang out with who we used to hang out with, right? We call them different groups. Oh, I'm in the social club. Oh, I'm in the student council. Oh, I'm in a fraternity. I'm in a sorority. I'm a jock. I'm, a, I'm in sports. I'm in the band. I'm, I'm, I'm in a clica. I'm in a gang. Some of you, I told a group of guys I was preaching at a men's group one time, and, and they go, man, do they really throw gang signs? I go, yeah, I saw some of you guys throw gang signs. And they're going, what? There were all these, uh, and I go, yeah, this one guy was going like that. I go, what's that? He goes, white man, white man, white man. I'm like, yeah. But see, all kidding aside, guess what? We really do have these little groups that we become a part of, and sometimes we don't let anyone in. And God says, don't you understand? I'm going to give you a new community. I'm going to give you a community where you're going to be able to blend and you're going to be able to get along with people that you never thought you'd ever get along with. There's going to be different races there and you're going to be able to get along with them and go, oh my gosh, I never thought I'd get along with somebody of your race. And there's going to be different, different, different economical social levels and there are going to be rich people and poor people, educated people and not educated people, yet you're all getting along amazing and you go, how amazing is this? We're getting along and you know what? This is awesome. You're my brother. You're my sister. This is amazing what God is doing because he gives us a community and it's called the church. It's called the family of God. In, for, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, he says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be, what? Holy. holy. He 
called us to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And God decided in advance to adopt us. Is that awesome or what? Into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted. This is what he wanted. And it gave him, it gave him great pleasure. I have a brother that they had their first child and afterwards they weren't able to have any more children, but they wanted another child. And so we started praying and God opened a door and first he opened a window and then that window turned into a door and they were able to adopt this beautiful little baby girl. And I did an adoption service when she was old enough to understand. And I said, you know what? You weren't born in your mother's womb. You were born in her heart. And in your daddy's heart. They longed for you. They chose you. They prayed for you. They waited for you. They wanted you. And they have you. And they made a commitment to raise you all the days of their life. He wanted you so bad. That's how God wanted us. He wanted to adopt us. He wanted to make us his family. He wants to make us his children. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it says, so that if any, if I am delayed, you know how, uh, how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. He's saying, look, Timothy, if I don't get there in time, this is St. Paul. St. Paul is talking to Timothy. He goes, if I don't get there, you as the people of God already know how to behave in the family of God. You know how to behave in the house of God. Some people don't know how to behave, do they? It's like, hey, we don't do that in this church. What's wrong with you? Some people don't know how, so it's up to us. He says, this is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of truth. He's saying, this is the community I've given you, a community where you ought to know how to behave. You shouldn't be backbiting. You shouldn't be bad-mouthing. You shouldn't be hurting people. You're supposed to be loving on each other, building each other up, lifting them up, and not beating them down. So shame on you if you're doing that. 1 Corinthians chapter two, uh, 12, verse 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. I have gifts, you don't, you have gifts, I don't. But together, man, we are an amazing army changing the world back to what God intended it to be, a people of love and truth. We live in harsh times, don't we? There's not a lot of nice people out there. Did you notice shopping? A lot of people shop online now. They don't even want to deal with all the attitudes. Sometimes it's even the clerk that has the attitude. Do you happen to have this sweater? Look for it yourself. Oh, excuse me. There was a comedian back in the 70s named uh, Steve Martin. And he used to say, well, excuse me. And sometimes I feel like saying that and I go, no, be a godly man. Don't be a brat. But sometimes people are just straight up rude. And what's really sad is when it happens inside God's church. He says, you have a new community in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. He says, they're no longer Jew nor Greek, no slave nor free, no male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. He's saying, in other words, there's not someone better than the other. 
We're all the same. Aren't you glad we're all the same? Aren't you glad he has created us in his image? Aren't you glad he has poured his spirit into us? And he said, now you're part of my church. You're part of my family. You're part of my community. And I've given you a new community, not just a new identity, not just a new ability, but a new community. And last, he gives us a new destiny. Aren't you glad we have a new destiny? Some of you are have a tough time during the holidays. You have a tough time almost every day because you lost a loved one. But there's something about the holidays because Thanksgiving and Easter and, you know, the 4th of July and, and Christmas, it's, it's all about family coming together. And you're brokenhearted because some of your loved ones are gone. Some of you might remember Gilly and Joy Lynn Vaisa. And Joy Lynn was about four foot... 10 at the tallest. I don't even know if she was that. She weighed, she weighed 82 pounds when she had all her gear on, purse and everything. Tiny little, tiny little structure of a woman. But I'm telling you, she was a giant of a prayer warrior. At 3.30 this morning, she said, yes, Lord, here I am, take me. And she went home to glory. Now, see, some of us that knew her real well, man, it took our breath away. She was ready. She would always tell people she was really bold. She'd carry her Bible every place. And she would just tell people straight out, are you ready to go, to go meet the Lord? Are you ready to die? Like, what, are you a gangster? What, are you, <laughs> is that a Bible or a gun case? What is that? But she would. She would say, are you ready to meet the Lord? Are you ready to die? Because everyone's going to die someday, young and old. She goes, I'm going to die someday, but I'm ready. Listen to me. He gives us a new destiny. The last few hours of her life, she would just lay in bed and going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. So she knew her destiny. Do you know your destiny? Do you know where you're going to be? Because everyone's going to spend eternity someplace. But there's only two places, heaven or hell. And I hope and pray that you make it to heaven. And the only way you do it is by giving your life to Jesus Christ. It's not by being a good person and, and all these other things. Because once you give your life to Jesus Christ, guess what? You become a new person because he gives you a new identity. He gives you a new ability. He gives you a new destiny. He gives you a new purpose. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And this is what Christmas is all about. You see, Debbie read the scripture in Isaiah 9. For unto you a child was born. Unto you a child was given. And upon his shoulder shall rest the government of the nation. And he shall be called the he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, 
Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. This man that was born as a baby, this God that nothing can contain it was wrapped in flesh because we just couldn't seem to get it when he would speak to us. So he came as one of us so that maybe we could understand him coming as man to man, woman to woman, if you would, human to human, and say, now maybe you could understand. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, it says, so if your sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? All you have to say is, Lord Jesus, come in my life. And he pours himself out. Christmas is birthed in your heart perfect gift of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, it says, thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. Isn't that true? How do you even explain salvation? How do you explain your relationship with God? How do you explain the Holy Spirit? How do you explain it except saying, I just can't live without it. That's all I know. Because you give and give and give and pour yourself out. And you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for who you are and what you've done. In Acts chapter 10, verse 35, he says, in every nation, in every nation, that means all people, all tongues, all races, no matter who you are, in every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 and 19, he says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then, then you will be made complete. Don't you want to be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God? When you came in here, we gave you a communion element. Take your communion element, peel back the first layer of the cellophane to get the, the bread. If you don't have it, one of the ushers will get one to you. Just raise your hand so they can get over to you. But you see, he didn't just give us a new identity, a new ability, a new community, and a new destiny. He gave us his Holy Spirit, his new presence that's eternal. And in our hands, we hold a bread that symbolizes the bread that he held in the night of the Last Supper when he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks to the disciples saying, take this, all of you, and eat from it. For this is my body, which is given for you. And do this in remembrance of me. See, he was saying, my body is going to die for your sins. My daughter, my body was birthed here on earth. I came as a spirit and be took the form of man and now I live among men but I'm going to be leaving and I'll send the Holy Spirit 
So when we hold on to this, we hold on to his promises and we say, thank you, Lord, for dying for our sins. But thank you also for providing our every need and thank you for always being with us. So some of you have had a very difficult year or maybe it's just been a very difficult time. But as you hold this bread, I want you to think of your life, the good, bad, and the ugly that you've been and that has been done to you. And say, Father, forgive me and help me to forgive others. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. If there's anyone here, Lord, that has never accepted you as Savior and Lord, I pray that today they would say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. And I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And now I can take communion knowing what it really means. So this is the body of Christ who made the bread. Likewise, he took the cup. After giving thanks, he gave it to the disciple and said, this is my blood that's being poured out for you. See, no matter how great a sin you have ever sinned, they could be forgiven. So quit living in the sin and under the sin. Instead, live under the blood. I've come to set you free. The truth of the blood will set you free. The truth of blood is that he's the perfect sacrifice. It says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And Jesus said, I am the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Happy are those who are called to his supper. So we come here tonight saying, Lord, in remembrance of you, we hold this cup that you said would break every chain, any curse, any assignment of the devil that's on us. So we claim the blood of Jesus over our life and we cancel any work of the devil in the name of Jesus. This is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may drink of the cup. You were also given a candle when you came in. A candle is something that is lit and it illuminates, it brightens. It shines a light. And the word of God says, don't hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Shout it out from the mountaintop. Shout it out and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. This time I'd like to ask these people to get prepared, but don't come up here yet. Pastor Chris and Sonia, when I call for you all, I want you to come up on the stage. Pastor Cindy, when I call for them, I want you to come up on the stage. Minister David, our youth minister, when I call for you all, I want you to come up on the stage. Our children's minister, Jessica, when I call for you, I want you to come up on the stage. Because you're going to be going into the audience to light the candles So don't be lighting any candles now. Don't think I'll help out, get my lighter out. No, don't do that. Because we're light, we we just lit the Christ candle. 
Jesus Christ, our Lord, was born on Christmas Day. God took the form of man to live among us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So get your candle ready and please be careful. Don't burn yourself or anyone else. We've had it happen. We don't want any more to come singed. So would you worship the Lord? Would you worship the King? Stand to your feet as we sing this song of worship and praise to his glorious name. Ministers, would you please step forward?
as the light goes out, the light shines brighter. Amen. See, you and I are the light of the world, the Bible says. It says that Jesus Christ has given us his light. He's shared his glory with us. That the Father would want to share his glory with mere humans is overwhelming to think of. But he says, I've given you my glory. I've given you my spirit to dwell within you. To live within your heart. To live within your life. As you hold this light, ask God to expose all the darkness that lies within your own heart. And say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Because I've made a fool of myself and a fool out of your name. And then let him shine a light of all the good that you've done in your life. And say, wow, Lord, I didn't even realize I did all those things. But God, thank you that you've worked through me like that. Some of you are thinking of loved ones that impacted your life. Over 40 years, Cindy and I have had the privilege of meeting thousands and thousands of people that poured into us and have left huge footprints in our heart that will never be replaced by someone else. And you've had loved ones in your life that sometimes it's just hard, like, how do I get over this, Lord? And he says, you don't, you get, you get through it. And I'm going to see you through it. And some of you are waiting with great anticipation for a family. You haven't had a child yet. You're wondering, God, when's my time? And some of you haven't been able to have a child. And I don't know what God's going to do. If he's going to give you natural birth or you're going to birth that child through your heart through adoption. But I want you to know that God is hearing your prayer right now. Some of you are nervous of the new year to come. It's hard for you to believe that you're already in December of this year and you are barely realizing that it's a new year and yet a new one's right at a week away. So you're saying, God, in the name of Jesus, help me. Guide me. Be a lamp unto my feet. Be a light unto my path. Expose those things in darkness so that, God, I can shine my light in such a manner that it will bring glory to you and honor to my name. Father God, we hold this candle in our hand. And we give you honor, glory, and praise. Would you lift it up to the Lord and just say, we love you, Lord Jesus. Praise your holy name. Bless my family, my loved ones, and my life in the name of Jesus. I want you to look around. Just by candlelight, we have illuminated this whole room. There's no light in here but this light. Your light, my light, working together. Oh God, might we always be a united church for a divided world. We love you, Lord. Would you sing it out as you hold your candle? Our affection. 
our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus all singing eternal life. Lord, let this light shine through us to keep bringing glory to your name. When you blow out your candle, say, God, now I want my light to shine from my heart and in the works of my life. Go ahead and blow out your candle. Try not to tip it to the right or left because it'll still drip. You're welcome to take this candle home or you can leave it here. We'll have a box on the way out where you could throw it in. But if you take it home, you might want to use it to light the candles around your table today. And say, I bring the light of Jesus with me into my home to light the candle that's going to bless our lives. Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to know that every year we do what's called a Christ's birthday offering. And there's gift boxes on the way out. I hope that you will be generous because we give it to missions. If you want to give online or give through the app or text to give, you could do that. And just go to Christ's birthday offering. But we love you, church. Merry Christmas and God bless you. Don't forget, tomorrow we're having church online. 
at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. regular time, but we're not going to open the doors. We're going to ask you to open up your television or your computer at home. God bless you. Greet somebody on the way out and tell them you love them in the name of Jesus. God bless you. We love you, church. Blessings to you.